Hello, welcome to the Dear Nikki podcast, where I'm going to be giving you personalized user research advice based on your questions or struggles. So let's dive into today's episode. Hello, everyone. This is the third time I have tried to record this episode because it is a tough one for me. I have a lot of thoughts on this particular subject, and I don't know how to properly articulate them in a a thread that feels like it makes sense. I feel like I'm just talking about a bunch of different things and have no way of tying them together, which is a bit ironic because the topic for today is imposter syndrome. (laughs) So, and this is one of the only podcast episodes that I have struggled with. (laughs) And to me, that just feels super funny. But I want to talk about imposter syndrome today and some thoughts that I have on reframing the mindset behind it. But before I get into that, the reason that I want to talk about this is because it is continuously coming up in all of my containers. So my one-on-one students have been bringing up imposter syndrome, my group program, imposter syndrome. It's come up in my membership. I was asked to speak at a conference about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is the vibe. And I am scared that we don't talk about it enough. We are not open and vulnerable enough about this horrendous feeling. And the worst part about that is that imposter syndrome can lead to really intense feelings of loneliness and isolation. And I am speaking from my particular experience with imposter syndrome because it was something that I felt so much of in the beginning of my career to the point where there were several times when I was a researcher, a user researcher, earlier on, there were several times over, I don't know, I want to say the the first like three, maybe four years where I actually thought about quitting because I had so much self-doubt and so much fear that I wasn't good enough, that I would never be good enough, that I would never be qualified, that somebody was going to find me out, that I was a fraud right? That they would ask me some sort of business question and I wouldn't be able to answer it. And they would be like, why are you even here? (laughs) And it got so bad that I did consider quitting. Very happy that I didn't. But it is a very powerful feeling. And it's something that, again, I didn't know how to talk about with other people. I didn't know how to share and it just felt like everybody else was doing so super well. Everybody else was a successful user researcher and doing the things and trying the things and changing up how they did it based on feedback and just excelling. And I was sitting there like, I don't even know if I am a user researcher, you know, I'm not good enough for this. I'm underqualified. I'm, I'm terrible. And again, not being able to share that with other people just leads to more loneliness and 
and more sadness. And one thing that I have found coming up a lot recently with my within my different containers as well is that imposter syndrome can lead to this feeling of disempowerment and lack of motivation. And the problem with those two feelings, so feeling disempowered in your job, like you're not able to do anything, like you're not able to have an impact and feeling this lack of motivation that you don't even really want to try because you're scared, both of those then feed back into imposter syndrome, right? And so you're stuck in this crappy cycle, right, of of these terrible, terrible feelings of, of loneliness, of fear, of shame, of anxiety, of overwhelm, of no motivation to do anything, no inspiration, no spark. There was a point in my career where I was leaving a job because I was really unhappy in the job. And I thought to myself, I was like, why am I even doing this? You know, my stakeholders hate me. I'm not even good at my job. Like, why am I even doing this? I'm not qualified. I'm never going to be good enough, right? And so I wanted to talk about imposter syndrome today and maybe explore ways to reframe our mindset around it so that you don't feel like this is something that you're encountering on your own. Right. I, I I want people to know that this is something that is prevalent, not just in our industry, but in our world. And in full transparency, I went from being, you know, a decade almost a decade long of of user research. And I still practice user research and occasionally I will get that feeling of imposter syndrome. But I went from being pretty good at something to starting my own business. And man, oh man, (laughs) those feelings of imposter syndrome came right back up, rushing back, right? And I felt like a fraud all over again when it came to my business. And, you know, it's it's really funny because early on when I started my business, I, I did a lot of work for free. Uh, just just because it, it, I was figuring out what was going on, I didn't feel comfortable charging people because I hadn't really done it before. And you know, something that came up when somebody would come to me to engage for one-on-one coaching, I would sit there and I would be like, "Why am I qualified to coach anybody? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> why Why would anybody want to come to me?" Why Why can I give advice? Why am I qualified? Like, why do I think I'm good enough to do this, right? And, you know, thankfully, just like in my user research career, as time goes by, uh, I, I view imposter syndrome as on a spectrum. It's not something that we can turn on and off. To me, it's not something we have or don't have. Again, for for me, imposter syndrome is on this spectrum from where we're experiencing a high degree of imposter syndrome to a lower degree of imposter syndrome. And as time goes by generally in your career, you tend to go towards that lower part of imposter syndrome. However, and this is what I want to talk about, when we encounter something new in our career, that can go back up to the higher side of imposter syndrome. So 
for for me, this isn't something that we tackle. This isn't something that we overcome and 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 you know put put a put a cap on it and and wrestle this down and suddenly we no longer have imposter syndrome. No. This imposter syndrome to me is something that we accept and that we live with and that we try to reframe. So now that I'm I've shared with you this horrible thing <laughs> and about how terrible imposter syndrome is, what do I mean by reframing it? So how do we if if imposter syndrome is on this spectrum, how do we minimize it? Right? How do we get towards that lower degree of imposter syndrome? So for me, imposter syndrome is stemmed from fear. So a fear of being found out that you're not good enough, that you're a fraud, a fear, fear of failure, a fear of not being good enough, of letting people down, of letting yourself down, a fear that you've made all of these wrong decisions and they're going to blow up in your face, right? So it stems a lot from fear. And both the good and the bad thing here, nobody's immune to fear. Everybody feels fear, which means that everybody has had a brush at least once with imposter syndrome, if not many, many more times, right? So we are all in this together. We are all feeling different degrees of imposter syndrome, depending where we are in our careers and how much fear we are feeling within that space where we are in that moment. So with this fear also comes this self-doubt and uncertainty, right? So we are, for instance, doing something new that we haven't tried before. So for for me, something that was really, really tough was going from being a usability tester, because that's essentially what I was early on in my career, to including generative research. So very open-ended one-on-one interviews into my toolkit. And when I was beginning to do that, I had a lot of fear. I had a lot of uncertainty. I wasn't sure how to navigate the situation. I didn't have data, right? I didn't have any data points that could help me mitigate risks. So if something went wrong during the one-on-one interview, I didn't have any data yet to say, oh, if this goes wrong, do this instead, right? I didn't have any data to help me, you know, figure out how to approach these these one-on-one interviews. I didn't have best practices to go off of, right? And so there was a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty. But what I will say is imposter syndrome tends to come to us when we are trying something new, when we are trying something that we're uncertain about, when we've gotten to the next level of something. And what does that indicate that's positive? Growth mindset. Never, hopefully, in your career are you going to start out 
and end doing the same exact thing that you started out with. Very, I don't know if there's any career where you don't learn along the way. And when you're learning something, that means that you don't know how to do it yet, <laughs> right? So to me, I want to try to reframe imposter syndrome as a growth mindset, right? So can we use these feelings of of fear and uncertainty to instead of saying things like, I can't do this, I'm not qualified, right? Can we instead say, I am learning to grow. I am learning something new. I don't know how to do this yet, but once I try, I will learn a little bit more and then a little bit more after that and then a little bit more after that right so can we and this is how i have tried to minimize imposter syndrome in the past is to see it as i am trying to grow i'm trying something new i'm going out of my comfort zone to learn something that will help me later on right so that was something that was very very important to me and then Another thing that I want to say is that, again, when we feel these feelings, that means we are at the beginning of a learning curve, right? We are right at the start where we haven't done this, whatever it is, enough to feel comfortable, to get all that data, right? So now, after years of generative research interviews, hundreds if not thousands of hours interviewing users, I'm fine. Does that mean that I don't feel a twinge of nervousness before I go in, into a one-on-one interview? No. <laughs> Sometimes I do. Sometimes I get nervous. And I actually get more nervous now about usability tests because I do them so much less frequently <laughs> than one-on-one interviews. I get I get more of a twinge of nervousness from usability testing. So yeah, I still get nervous, but I have enough data points to know if something goes wrong, this is something else I can try. If that doesn't work, I have a backup plan. You know, I, I have so many different data points that I know what to do. I have different options. I have different approaches that I can use. But the thing is, when you are just starting something, you don't have those data points. I didn't have those data points when I was starting with generative research, right? So I I was going in with absolutely no understanding of what to do and I was catastrophizing because generally speaking, that's what I used to do. I, I, I was a catastrophizer. And so I was thinking about all the worst case scenarios and that was scary. But if we try and think about it of like, look at me go, I know that might sound a little bit weird, but look at me go. I am trying something new. I'm trying something that is scary, but I am going to grow my data points by trying this and I will then figure out how to do it better. And I will keep going and keep trying to figure out how to do it better because I know that once I get enough data points and a situation comes up, I'll know how to deal with it better. And it just so happens I feel that people who want to improve are those that feel imposter syndrome the most. And 
it's so interesting because imposter syndrome often gets in the way, right? I talk about it being demotivating. I talk about it being disempowering and there's a lot of fear and shame around it. But as somebody who feels as an imposter syndrome, can you try and say, I am only like, I am trying to improve. I'm trying to get better and I am doing something so far beyond my comfort zone and it is okay if I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I know that there's there's a quote from Pippi Longstocking <laughs> saying, I have never tried that before, so I should definitely know how to do it. <laughs> is that the vibe or what? <laughs> I've never done this before, so I should definitely know how to do it. It seems like that's what we feel. You know, I had never done generative research before. So I should have definitely known how to do it. No, no. We have to be honest with ourselves. So we have to accept the fact that imposter syndrome is there, right? It's not going anywhere. We are going to mitigate imposter syndrome, but we have to look at the reality of the situation. I am trying something new. So of course I don't know how to approach it. Of course I'm going to maybe make some mistakes, but mistakes are learning. Mistakes are data points without mistakes, how are we meant to learn? And in addition to that, nobody is born with all of the knowledge. There are things that people know and things that people don't know. Not everybody knows how to do everything, especially without trying it first, right? And and to be completely honest, if we all knew everything, how boring would life be? We would have no thrill of, you know, after my whatever number generative interview, I think it was after the, I don't know, 10th generative research interview that I started to get a little bit more comfortable and I started to say, okay, you know what? I think I can do this, right? That's over 10 hours because each of these were about 90 minutes, right? And and so it there was a thrill in that too. And I'm wondering if we can go back to all of the things that we have learned before, not not even within our the context of our careers, but what are some things that you learned before where you had no idea what you were doing and now you can do something so magnificent? I mean, if I, if I take this to a recent example, I have never really skied before and we went on a ski holiday, right? And I was quite honestly terrified and I went from – barely being able to go down, like it wasn't even a hill that I was going, it definitely wasn't a mountain that I was going down at first. It wasn't even a hill. It was a quarter of a hill. So it was the very, it was like there were kids whizzing by me, (laughs) right? So our instructor, we, we took lessons and our instructor put us at the bottom of the hill and it was the smallest, smallest possible incline that they had available. The smallest it, it, like if you looked at it, you would have said, is that really an incline? Right. And at the end of that week, right. So I started skiing on Sunday and we left on Friday. On Friday, we went down a mountain. We went down several mountains that we had never been on before. And was I scared? Yes. But oh my goodness, looking back up at that mountain and saying, oh, I came down that huge sense of accomplishment. And so I'm wondering, since imposter syndrome means that we are in a place where we're uncertain, where we're learning something new, right, where we don't feel good enough, instead of saying we aren't good enough, saying I don't know this completely yet, but I am going to know it. And I am going to be able to look back 
and see all the progress that I have made, which brings me to my next point of comparison. A lot of times we compare ourselves to other people. I used to do this all the time. I used to see all these amazing researchers having these awesome talks and facilitating amazing workshops and running amazing research sessions. And I said, oh God, I'm never going to be like that. They are just so awesome and I'm nowhere near where they are. Well, yeah, I'd been a researcher for like six months and I was upset that I wasn't an expert yet, which, you know, saying it is kind of funny. (laughs) I've been a, I was a researcher for six months and I was upset that I wasn't an expert. I'm impatient. So that makes a lot of sense. And to be fair, the same thing happened when I was skiing. We went to a mountain on Tuesday and uh, I fell. I fell several times, slid down the mountain and had to take off my skis and uh, walk down the side of the mountain for an hour because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I was so pissed off that I wasn't yet an expert skier after what? Uh, Sunday and Monday. And Tuesday morning. That was Tuesday afternoon. So it's funny to also like question this. So so think about what your what imposter syndrome is is kind of making you think is a reality, right? As somebody who is just beginning, and and I don't mean just beginning as like you've never ever 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 done this before, but even just beginning, as I say, like even 10 or more interviews in the generative research space, and I still didn't feel great. I was still worried and that's hours that I've already put in, but like it takes time and it's so funny. And this is why I said that Pippi Longstocking quote, it's so funny that we can sit there and say, I can't believe I'm not an expert, even though I've barely put any time into this, right? So when it comes to comparing and comparing yourself to others who are in a very different situation than you. There are also people who are so supernaturally inclined to things. So for instance, there are people that I have seen that have like never done a workshop before and then they do a workshop and it's flawless, right? Because they are such great facilitators and that's fine. There's enough space in this world for us to have our strengths, right? There's enough space for us all to succeed. That's a very important point. And you and I, we all have our own strengths. We all have things that we have picked up before that other people have struggled with that we've kind of said, oh, this is easy, right? I write. People ask me all the time. They say, how do you write so much? How do you how do you write like that? I'm like, I, I honestly, I can't explain it. I, It's just easy for me. I just write. But there are things that I'm not so good at like math, <laughs> anything that comes to numbers and I am running away screaming, right? And But there are some people who are so naturally inclined to math and I'm just like, oh, you're so cool. There are people, oh, systems thinkers are so interesting connecting the dots. My husband's a system thinker and it's just so insanely interesting how he can connect things. And I'm like, how do you do this, right? We all have our strengths and weaknesses. So why are we comparing each other? to uh, to comparing ourselves to other people because other people's situations make no sense for us. So instead, what I will tell you to do, compare yourself to your past self, right? And I will link to a Miro board template 
that I have used that has helped me with minimizing my imposter syndrome by showing me the progress and growth that I've had because I have taken that Miro board and I use it to reflect on my past self. So I track my progress through my projects so that I can look back and say, wow, look how far I've come and it hasn't actually been that long. That's how I, that's how I helped to minimize this imposter syndrome because sometimes it's hard for us to celebrate. Sometimes it's hard for us to see how far we have come, right? Sometimes it's hard for us to see all the data points that we're gathering through these experiences. And one way to do that is by concretely tracking them. So I would really highly recommend that you check out that that Miro board template if you're interested in tracking your progress and comparing your current self to your past self, right? So this is, it's still been a tough episode for me because I, I, I have this feeling that I want to convey and it's very hard for me to articulate it. And it's also frustrating because usually I don't have a hard time articulating (laughs) what I'm feeling, but I'm wondering if we can take imposter syndrome and we can say, this is me growing right? No, I don't know how to do this yet. I don't know exactly how to work through this problem yet, but I will if I continue to try, right? I am going to continue to get data points and I'm going to continue to use those data points to make me better at whatever this skill is. Because you know what? If I quit user research, I wouldn't be here now right? If I had just quit, I mean, I'm a, I, I honestly, like I will call myself a generative research expert. Like I am, I, that is my bread and butter one-on-one interviews. And for me to sit here and say that years ago, I, I didn't, I didn't think I could ever do them. I didn't think I would ever be good at them. Like what, like five years ago that I didn't think I would be good six years ago. It took me a long time to get there, but looking back now, I'm like, oh, this is the easiest thing in the world, right? Because I practiced. And that's what we need is we need to give ourselves the space and the grace to practice these skills so that we can get better at them. And we can't expect ourselves to be perfect at things that we have never done or have barely tried, right? So it's okay to feel self-doubt. It's okay to not be sure. It's okay to be scared, but know that that means that you are at the beginning of something in which you are growing into the next level. And in order to get to that next level, you need to go through these feelings. You don't need to be alone in them. They don't need to be, they don't need to be crippling right? You don't need to sit there and say, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud because you're not a fraud. You are new at what you are doing in this current moment. And you can look back and see the progress that you have gone through to get to this point. And I really highly encourage you look outside of your career at something that you have progressed in. And remember that at one point you were not good at that thing, right? At one point I sucked at writing. At one point, I sucked at user research, but I kept going. And what you need to remember is that you it is okay to be at the beginning of a learning curve. It's okay to not know things, but you need to give yourself that space to continue to grow. And because you feel imposter syndrome, you're awesome. 
because you are trying to grow and you are trying to improve and you're trying to become a better version of yourself. And that is badass. So can we reframe this? Can we look at imposter syndrome as a way to grow? And can we reframe the narrative of saying, I can't do this, I'm a fraud, to I don't know how to do this yet, but I will know how to do it. And can we try it and look back and see the progress that we made? And know that this is not a linear journey. User research and many other specialties, many other skills are scribbles. They're scribbles. There is not a linear path to just getting better at something suddenly. You're going to have setbacks. I've had plenty of setbacks in my generative research interviews where I questioned, again, if this was the right choice for me, if I could actually do this. I questioned uh, if I was a good user researcher. I questioned if I was a good coach. I've had setbacks as well because it's a scribble. And be okay. We need to accept that it's a scribble. We need to accept that imposter syndrome is here but it is a way to show us that we are growing and that we want to improve. So I hope that this was helpful. Uh, And just always know that you're not alone and that nobody is immune to fear. Nobody is immune to imposter syndrome, right? But you are growing and that is awesome. So keep trying to reframe that narrative. Keep trying to compare your current self to your past self, right? And just keep in mind, you do not have to be good at everything. And you do not need to know how to do anything without doing it for enough time. <laughs> All right. I hope uh, I hope that this maybe helped some of you who might be feeling, I don't know, uh, unmotivated or disempowered to know that you can take control of imposter syndrome and reframe it and minimize it because you are not your imposter syndrome. All right. Deep breath. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and submit your next question. And I look forward to talking to you all soon. Bye.